Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by you. You out there who support the show by going to patreon.com slash creative control and making a monthly flexible donation. If you'd like to see this show continue on into the future, please offer whatever you can. Go to patreon.com slash creative control and make a monthly flexible donation to keep this podcast going today. Young Gov is the alias for Ben Cook, a multi-instrumentalist, producer, songwriter, and singer originally from Toronto, Ontario. A member of both Fucked Up and No Warning, Cook leaves their punk and hardcore sounds behind for the decidedly damaged pop and genre hopping of Young Gov. And on August 2nd, 2019, Run For Cover Records released his new album, Gov One. Ben and I recently connected for a chat in a Toronto neighborhood and talked about this new album and his earliest interest in music. The acting he did on TV shows when he was younger, including roles alongside Ryan Gosling, among others. His love for emerging hip-hop, R&B, and mid-to-late 90s power pop. His view of the future for No Warning, Fucked Up, and Young Gov. And we talked about other things as well. Part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and with the support of listeners like you who are subscribing to this podcast and spreading the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control plus in-kind support from cfru 93.3 fm pizza trocadero the bookshelf and planet bean coffee in guelph and granddad's donuts in hamilton this is the 491st episode of creative control featuring the brilliant ben cook of young gov with your host me vish Khanna. Ben, thanks for uh, making time. Welcome to my car. Welcome to my ends. <laughs> this is, is this where you live? No, this is Riverdale, so I, I wish I lived here. This is where I'm mixing a record right now in my um, friend's basement. Okay. But I do live over on Broadview, like more in Little Chinatown, which I originally wanted to do the interview in, and we were going to overlook the six. Yeah. Get some vibes up, but thanks for coming here. Now we're in my 2005 Toyota Matrix. Which uh, I've had since 2008, and it's seen some action. It's it's a nice car. I like this car. I've never ever ever I don't think done an interview in my own car. I've never done an interview in a car either. So well, how do you feel? Actually, you know what? I probably did an interview for like an old hardcore zine in in, in cars. I feel good. It feels like the old days. It feels like the old days. Yeah. I got babies. I got child seats in the back. Oh, cute. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, what record are you mixing, by the way? 
Uh, we're mixing, uh, me and my uh, partner, Tony Price, we're mixing a, um, a project that we produced by a younger band called Goodbye Honolulu from Toronto. Okay. Um, yeah, it's sick. Did you produce it? Yeah. Okay. So you do lots of different stuff, and you've been on the show, I think, only once before, uh, maybe, maybe more than that, I can't remember, uh, as part of Fucked Up, but we, I've never really talked to you about your own stuff, Young Gov. Mm -hmm. How long have you been Young Gov, roughly? Approximately, I don't know. It was like sh I guess as soon as I joined Fucked Up, because Mike gave me the name Young Governor, and then shortly after that, I kind of started to just make music in uh, like my bedroom, and I just called it Young Governor at the time. So I joined Fucked Up uh, maybe like 15 years ago. So I guess it's been around 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. Do you know what uh, at the time everybody in Fucked Up had a different nickname. How did you end up with Young Gov or Young Governor? Young Governor, I believe, came from my uh, my fanaticism with uh, the team Manchester City at the time, which oh. I still support, but it was like, it's kind of like a soccer reference, just like kind of a hokey thing. I'm not like super into it, and I'm definitely not into like the, what do you call it, like thug soccer hooligan bullshit. Um, but it was a, it's an old hooligan firm or something that surrounds uh, that team. That oh, Mike found because Mike Finds knows things. a lot of stuff. Yep. yep. So um, he gave me that name, and I was like, "Okay, I guess that's my name." Does it? But then you adopt. Okay, so someone ascribes you a name, just like our parents. Our parents probably are the ones who gave us. Mike our is names. my parent. Yes. <laughs> so you you have to live up to your name. Apparently, uh, my parents told me my whole life that my name meant great or big. I found out recently when I Google that it just means spacious. Hmm. So do you, uh, I have to live up to being great, big, and spacious. Do right. you have to live up to Young Gov? To being like a beer drinking, like overweight, violent idiot? Yeah, um, I guess I'm trying, so. I'm really trying. You have to live up to being Ben Cook? What does Ben yeah. Cook mean? Does that mean anything? Benjamin? Um, I think the Benjamin, Benjamin might mean king of money. Oh. <laughs> I've heard. Is there a song about that? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> All about the Benjamin, baby. Okay, so uh, tell for tell the people listening about Young Gov uh, in relation to some of the other stuff I mentioned. Fucked up. You're also still in No Warning. How yeah, yeah. We yeah, just played an LA show like three days ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm doing. Young Gov has just been kind of like my like kind of like thing that I do in solitude by myself and just whatever I want, no pressure, just like releasing seven inches back in the day when people like had labels and they could afford to press little runs of vinyl. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so it was just kind of like a fun thing for me to do back then and I just never stopped doing it and eventually it kind of turned into this kind of power poppy project and I mean, it's a it's it's a project that I kind of I really do whatever I want. It's always going to be like in this pop realm, um, and with this kind of like like a big hit mentality pop. That's me a th melodically yeah. speaking, mm -hmm. without the kind of like big business corny stuff. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of a project where I I feel like I could do anything I want. You know, I could do a country record or like a funk record or like a weird computer screwed record or something like. Um, but yeah. But in the realm of pop, yeah, more pop. more popular type music, and you've done, uh, for those who don't know, you've you've worked with people who make pop songs, right? Who who go for the radio, who do that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, I really, I really like. I come from like punk and hardcore and kind of that DIY shit, um, but I really love pop music and like songwriting and just like a lot of corny stuff. So <laughs> that's what I've really loved doing kind of in the background to all the the other stuff that I've been doing which is uh, like more aggressive and you say corny as though like a guilty pleasure kind of crept into your voice but you don't really think it's corny you like it I love it but you you acknowledge that it might be corny I guess on some people's yeah and some people might think it was corny like just, I, I'm comparing it to where I, where I came yeah, from yeah the you know, hardcore like, stuff yeah yeah the hardcore okay. stuff or like you know more like obscure you know, obscure shit and stuff like that. So it's like, I don't know. I, I, I do like stuff that's that's popular and kind of like is has this crazy power behind it. You know, Power and reach. Yeah. Okay. So who got you into pop music per se in terms of an artist? Like, what, do you remember when you, I don't actually know this. How did you get into music as young, <laughs> young Ben Cook, not young Gov, but young Ben Cook? How did you get into music? Because you have a, 
We've talked about this, I think, before. You have uh, something of a theatrical background, right? You were a child actor, is that right? Yeah, I was on TV and I did some TV and movie right. stuff. I right. was in like Goosebumps and some other stuff, like Road to Avonlea with Ryan Gosling. Um, it was pretty fun. But I, I only really did that because I got kicked out of a canoe camp at the time. How do you get kicked out of a canoe camp? I capsized someone else's canoe like too many times. On purpose? Yeah, yeah. It was it was boring. Horse we were, play? Yeah, we we were in we were at we were at the Harborfront Pond, which is a foot of water. Right. Why am I canoeing in a foot of water when I could be canoeing in a lake and like you know just like, so you were just upset. I was just bored. It was just like a camp that my mom had. You know, she was a single mom, so I had to do some. She had to do mm-hmm. something with her crazy. This was in the summer or kid. something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 So I ended up in an acting camp. Um, which was the next best thing for me because I used to make like homemade music videos when I was really young and then that kind of I got an audition and that was able I, I started to make money which because my mom was never able to really uh, fund my uh, my music stuff so uh, once I started to make a bit of money with acting I was able to fund as much music as I could and then I quit acting so we because we associate pop music a little bit with celebrity um we uh, a lot of the celebrities are actors it feels like you're in that realm you have been in that realm you've done tv productions there's been money involved does that speak to your interest in reaching a wider audience with the stuff you make and do like uh, mm. because you know fucked up is among the more popular underground bands i think of it, uh, you know people know the band mm-hmm. it's not just in obscurity you know uh, the way oh, i mean it started that way i guess so i don't know Everyone wants to succeed at what they do, so I'm not I'm not questioning this. But you have you have more entry points into that world mm-hmm. of popular culture, if you want to call it that, than most people I know. Yeah, who are in hardcore bands. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like I don't really care to be reaching a ton of people. More so that I'm I'm it, it interests me that this music this kind of music has the power to do so. Yeah, it's not really like I'm not being like, oh, I gotta be like on the radio or do all this stuff. It's just more, just like more, more on, more on like a musical level. Like it just resonates with me for some reason. It's probably because the first thing, you know, the the first records I heard were the Beatles and like probably really corny '80s music or right. something. My my mom or my aunt were, were playing. Like and that's Rick still Astley. with you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's still with you. Like you when you make Young Gov music, sometimes it's. It reminds me of the things you just said. Yeah, I hate that sometimes. You hate it? Sometimes you hate things you make. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Because this is a, it sounds to me like, unlike some of the bands you're in, Young Gov is pure self expression. So, when you say you hate it, you're hating a part of yourself. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because sometimes you want to be like, I want to be that guy that makes that really cool, like dark, like dark, cool track, or it's like, that has like all that cool attitude or something like that and like or just something a little cooler than just like dumbass pop stuff but you know huh. I, you have some contempt for the young gov aesthetic and I yet think everybody does yeah everyone doesn't everyone wishes they were doing a, something else sometimes but <laughs> but young gov allows you to do whatever you want yeah but i can only do so much because i only have this like weird mind that was created from the Beatles and Rick Astley. Well, okay. Let me first of all, you are excellent at hooks. You're very good at hooks. Mm-hmm. That comes from those worlds that you just. I don't actually have ever. I would never think that the worlds of Rick Astley and the Beatles would necessarily collide. <laughs> I'm just saying Rick Astley because he just came to me like. For, I don't know. Maybe just, I'm traumatized by that specific man. He, this guy has never gone away. Yeah, like that know. song. I don't know what happened to that song. It seemed to go away, and then now we can't ever give it up. See what I did there? Damn. We're never going to give up that song. I don't. I don't get it. I don't That's understand. Fire. People troll people with the song. I don't understand this legacy. It's amazing, actually. Yeah. I had a keyboard actually, which was the demo. The demo thing. When you press the demo, it was a Rick Astley song. So I think that was just like, it was just all downhill from there for me. Like one of the first keyboards you yeah had? the first okay. little keyboard thing. It was like that song do you get grief from the hardcore punk people about young gov no i I think at this point hardcore is is, it's it's changed so much so it's like everyone kind of expects people to do 
all different kinds of stuff. So yeah, it, I mean, the music has changed in that regard, too. Yeah. And, and by the way, you know, we we're talking about the pop stuff, but I think of you, because we've done some work together in a way, because you used to help at one point curate the Long Winter Festival. I mm-hmm. feel like you had a hand in it, because when I look back at the artists we had, I feel like you found them. The, the first cool, couple the, years... I was trying to uh, help, yeah. Yeah, and so you'd go on, I don't know what, SoundCloud, I don't know where you were finding people, but they ended up being some of the best people we mm-hmm. ever encountered. Yeah, I felt that, that they would, you, we, the long winter, I saw uh, I saw an entry point for myself to help out because you, you guys could mix it up a little bit at the time. And I was actually, wor- yeah, I was working with some like rappers yeah. and like producers at the time, which was like Harrison and... Uh, artists, uh, two girls by the name of Bizarre, oh, yeah. Claremont the Second, stuff like that. You would find them uh, on some level. I mean, you would. We, I'd be like, who booked Claremont? This is amazing. Who booked Bizarre? Oh, Ben did that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. Like you have your ear to the ground on that on some level, and you have a real uh, affinity for hip hop, R and B, soul kind of music. Is that fair? Because mm-hmm. we've been I talking. Guess, yeah. I'm just trying to save you from the Rick Astley conversation earlier yeah there's definitely more than rick assey like i the first music i i liked was rap and hip-hop and then i my best friend put a guitar in my hand taught me one song some nirvana song and then i was which nirvana song i like nirvana um i think it was either smells like teen spirit or um lithium something from nevermind yeah it was early a, early days it was a lithium okay. track okay or is it nevermind track nevermind track okay. and then i was like wow this is easy dude like i am in and then i completely changed my vibe i grew my hair uh-huh. and i was a rocker at that point um this is after the acting camp and the acting no this stuff? is before the acting before the acting you yeah. pick up a guitar yeah and it's just in a whim someone hands you a guitar and you're like ah, i can do this yeah my friend brought over a seagull acoustic guitar still one of my favorite brands i have one of those so nice they're nice cheap. actually they're cheap and they play well they're incredible and they smell good I don't think mine smells like anything. I bet yours smells exactly like mine does, as I still <laughs> <Okay>. have it. It's <laughs> a very specific smell of the... I actually smelled one in L.A. Uh, like last week in a guitar center. I was like, wow, this smells you like... you just smelling seagull guitars wherever you go? That's weird. That's <laughs> yeah. a little odd, Ben. Okay, well, next time you're at my house, I'll... Uh, it's a beautiful memory. Uh, you know? No, it's fine. Though. I like those guitars. Okay, yeah. so you, you just start playing this song. And that's how you get into the music, basically? Like, yeah. You, you think you can... You realize it's accessible. That's the beauty of punk, too, by the way. Yeah. You're like, oh, I can do this. Exactly. Okay. And I then that kind of like, I got into that three like three chord pop punk through like by the Ramones and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm really into really easy music to make. And then I just stayed in really easy music to make world. Forever. On guitar. Yeah. Are you you're a multi instrumentalist by this point? Yes. Or do I can you play all? I can play stuff, but I I mean I wouldn't call myself a drummer or. a or a piano player. You have players on the Young Gov albums that we're going to talk about, or the album? Yeah, a lot of players, a lot of good homies, okay. a lot of people who I've been playing with since I was 15, 16 years oh, old. Okay. I'm in my mid-30s now, so all these people who have always been just my best friends, basically. And they right. all they all happen to be kind of uh, like session musician-esque type people now, so... Yeah, I don't. I I guess I because it's a solo thing. I ascribe most of the sounds I hear and lyrics and singing to you. Um, but you're saying it's a collaborative effort. I mean, this is your vision. Yeah, I mean, I if I can't play something and someone can play it better and they happen to be my friend, then and I have, you know, a budget to bless the homies with, then they're definitely going to be involved for sure. Yeah, and and half the I mean half the record I writ with I, I wrote with my my writing partner Matt who goes by the name of James James Matthew Seven now who has his own project that I help him out in the same way kind of like a click no pop? his is like a little bit more um kind of like uh a bit more on like like psychedelic like huh. like like private press like psyche folk type stuff it's really it's hmm. really good we we uh, we just released a record where we're like singing together in perfect harmony the entire time i gotta ask you about this so you mentioned the seagull guitar keeping it simple but you're singing which i first encountered really um or noticed made note of it when you were in fucked up one of the first times i would have seen fucked up i was like wow like that guy's really and i think you would sing with sandy often too right like you two would sing together or maybe 
do call and response things sometimes? Yeah. At yeah. first it was at first Sandy's warmed up to the mic definitely in the last like five years. Yeah, okay. Maybe that's what I'm um, okay. But you you okay. I I just all I don't want to go on a tangent, but like uh, singing. Tell me about coming into singing because you're a very good singer, if I might say. Am I? I think so. Mm. It's very distinctive. You got the you hitting the what are they called notes? Hitting the notes, I guess. You hitting the yeah. notes, and you have a distinctive voice. And cool. uh, I was grooving on. I was grooving. Oh, what the hell am I talking about? I'm in my car. I'm saying I'm grooving on you're stuff. Grooving the matrix, my <laughs> friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, your new record uh, and uh, other young gov stuff I've heard. Like your voice stands out. I mean, it's a cool. good voice. Thanks. Where's that coming from? Where did you learn to sing? Just from doing it? Just honestly, when that friend of mine gave me that guitar we immediately his his dad was a like kind of a like a pit musician for live theater oh okay. so he had his own studio in the basement so we just messed around in that studio from a very very young age and just like when we definitely weren't supposed to be down there hmm. i was always really anti doing covers so immediately we started writing songs and i would be it would just be me and him him on drums and me on the guitar and we would just be like i would just be singing okay and i think that's how i learned to sing also from touring for so many years maybe your your vocals get a bit stronger yeah but you hit yeah you know for being in sort of guttural punk bands you hit high notes sometimes you, you know <laughs> i like a good falsetto yeah you're uh, you're up there and i find it fascinating on some level it's just it's good it's not something that you would expect from someone in fucked up no warning that's i all. love boys to men like i came i came up oh. really heavily into boys to men i love that shit huh and i love like 80s r&b and kind of all the um like jam and lewis produced like Jackson family stuff. Yeah, yeah. Janet, Janet, Janet in particular. Yeah, yeah, like all that stuff. Alexander O'Neill, all the really like kind of sappy, like glamorous diamonds falling from the sky type, like like Prince and, and stuff yeah. like that. Like yeah. that always really resonated with me. So like, and all those people can are crazy singers. We were talking a little bit about um, self-loathing mm-hmm. earlier, and I was trying to think about the young of world from a lyrical point of view and. How often you sing of there? There are kind of love song, often warning people about getting involved with you. I find, or like <laughs> maybe like you're spying on people. There's like a voyeur, voyeuristic aspect to it. Like you're observing them, and yeah. it's got a weird tinge yeah, of sure. weirdness. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I guess it is a lot from just w- people watching. Like people watching. People watching, and definitely not like you know spying on anyone no but i it, wasn't saying you're a peeping tom or anything but it does seem like observational i think we all are peeping toms a little well bit these days we how can we not yeah, be yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we are that's, that's what, what we are that's what all this right now social media stuff really is really it's exactly just looking at what everyone's doing all the time but no yeah. you've got a thing where it feels that way like you're are they relationship songs per se would you say uh particularly this let's talk about is it called gov one mm-hmm. yeah uh, it seems to me that you're you're a lonely guy but you're also uh, a little worried about uh, getting involved in a relationship for the sake of the other person. I would say that's accurate. Now, why is that? What does that say about you? What's going on? Oh, shit. Man, lyrics. You don't like talking about the lyrics? No. They seem very personal, and I don't want to pry. No, it's like it's not prying, but it's really hard for me. Like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm articulate as it is. So when someone asks about a lyric, it's, or, or, I I automatically I'm like oh man I if this feels so corny I'm gonna talk about my lyrics right now. No, but I I I okay. How about I put it this way? I look at lyrics when I ask people about their lyrics. I see them as a real uh, extension of themselves mm-hmm. as people. I mean that's something you said. Uh, it's a quote almost. So that's mm-hmm. why I get into it a little bit. And there are moments on the record where it does seem like you're wary of bringing someone into your, the Ben Cook universe yeah. and i just think that's fascinating i think the i think the lyrics definitely stem from a definitely a, a deep lonely feeling and also just kind of watching you know i, I mean i am tra- always traveling and i'm always i'm a, very often by myself so just watching people and kind of imagining their stories is just i don't know that's just like a huge inspiration for me to continue to write songs and it's kind of what I've always written songs from. Um, the warning, 
I guess. Am I wrong about this? Am I? I don't mean to uh, put too much of a. This. I think the line is something like "Trust me, you don't want to touch me." Is that what the oh, line is? Oh no! Actually, funny that you say that. My, I. That's a collaborative. I didn't write those lyrics. That song was written completely lyrically by my ex-girlfriend, who is my really good friend and collaborator. Um, but it's a first-person sort of narrative that I associate with you. That's interesting. Yeah. Is it about you? Did she write that song about okay, you? Okay, that song, it's called Patterns Prevail. It, it's it's the first song on the record. Yeah. And it was, it was actually, the lyrics came from a stream of conscious uh, email that Aurora mm. Shields, um, she's also an artist. She's a very talented singer and artist. And um, she has many cool songs. Um yeah, she sent me a massive email and she and her the way she constructs words, the way I just I'm so inspired by it every time I um read or you know, hear her speak. Hmm. So I think we woke up one morning and I was working on an instrumental and I ha- I had printed out that email because I thought it was so cool mm-hmm. and I just had it there and I and I asked her, I was like, Hey, can we like take some inspiration from this email? And then we kind of put together this song. Hmm. So you know what? And it's called Patterns Prevail. I don't actually even know what it means. Okay. I just, uh, the, these sorts of themes. But I'm glad you got that from it. And do you, uh, No, and I appreciate you saying that because yeah. they are open to interpretation. Do mm-hmm. you see a thread between these songs on Gov1 in terms of what your headspace, where your headspace was at the time of writing these songs. Um, because, I don't know, I, I it's rare to hear someone convey kind of heavy stuff like this, mm-hmm. kind of introspective stuff like this, in such a jovial way. Like, I'm reminded of sort of 90s alt-rock that I like, mm-hmm. you know, um, when I hear these songs, and there's a little bit of birdsy guitar, and there's some... I don't know if this is offensive to you, but like I hear like Matthew Sweet. I hear like the power pop kind of people like that. Matthew Sweet. There you go. There you go. So like maybe, maybe, I don't know who else. I don't want to cite names, but there's that. My first show was the Killjoys and Hayden at Lee's Palace. There you go. Yeah. There's a Killjoys. I was 12. Okay. Wow. At Lee's. How'd you get into that? It was a matinee. Oh, good for you. They did two shows. Is that why Fucked Up does those? Just to get, sometimes you guys will do a matinee show and I wonder if it's because you remember what it was like. Yeah, to we, have that we all remember what it was like for yeah, sure. Yeah, we, yeah, we all were going to shows when we were super young, couldn't get in, getting snuck in the back door. Type so stuff. the can rock pop stuff that Love you were it. exposed to, like are you a Sloan person? Love Sloan. Okay, I'm wearing a Tun shirt right now. Do you know that band Tuns? I only know the name. I honestly so don't know. it's Chris them. Murphy of Sloan, Matt Murphy of the Super Friends, oh, and Mike O'Neill yeah. of the Inbreds. Super Friends. Oh, man, that's a super group. Okay. It's an incredible. They made one record and a seven-inch. Oh, man, I have never I don't know if it. they're still kind of doing it, because Matt moved away from the country, and he's uh, so doing work somewhere else, so I don't cool. know if they're still. Anyway, they were fantastic. I saw them a bunch. Really? Anyway, my point is I'm a big... Uh, it's rare for me to talk to people who have a, an affinity for it the way I do, because that was very meaningful for me, going to see those same bands. Mm-hmm. A bunch um so that's you, you beyond the hardcore shows and the punk pre-hardcore shows. pre-punk yeah i was glued to much music you yeah know? much I east much east yeah much west yeah <laughs> the wedge yeah all that stuff i was glued to it i know every single detail of every video yeah. i i knew all the i didn't learn tape stuff i used to i have tapes i taped everything I did. I don't. I don't. I don't have it anymore. But I definitely taped a lot yeah. of stuff. And if yeah. I didn't, my 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 homies were t- taping that stuff, and we were staying up much loud. You know, all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that had a huge, huge impact. Okay, so you're you feel like maybe I don't know if you feel this. It seems to me when I hear your records as young of your music, you are part of that trajectory, that tradition. That would be cool. Is that? Does that resonate with you? I think that's cool. It seems yeah, that that I might like be that. The, that might be the case. Okay. I would be proud to come from. I would be. I'm proud to to come from that pop Canadian. Yeah, I like weird it. alt pop whatever it was. Maybe it's just the, some nostalgic shit inside me, but it makes me feel good. It makes <laughs> me feel good to think about. I mean, I don't listen to that music like that often anymore. I, I don't really find myself listening to much music or many things at all yeah. anymore. Um, 
Well, there's no real much music anymore. That that was a, of a time and place, like when they would have the bands we descri- uh, mentioned. No, I meant like, I don't actually listen to oh. a lot of music in general. Oh, you don't? Because no. you're making so much of your own? I guess. I don't know. It's just I listen to a lot of like um, radio or like NTS, like just like radio programs. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess I do listen to a lot of music, but I actually don't know what I'm listening to half the time. Okay, I think I went on Which a... Which kind of cool. It's fine. That's good. That's the way it should be. It's the way the internet kind of presents its the, the music and the culture to us. We don't actually know where it is or where it came from. Mm-hmm. And we just... Yeah. I don't think I finished my thought about uh, lyrical themes. Okay. Um, a lyrical thread throughout the songs on, let's say, Gov 1. Uh, and I, I say Gov 1 uh, in such a tone because I know there is a Gov 2. Yeah, this was part of the uh, announcement of Gov One is that Gov Two would be coming, and I don't know how much we can say about Gov Two at this point. I think we can say I I don't know. I don't. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, I don't want to spoil any surprises. I don't really surprises. care about any rules here. There's two <laughs> records. I made a double album. I gave it to a label, and it was too long. Uh-huh. And uh, it's not fucked up, so we're not putting out a 17-song or 22-song record. So it's like, why don't we do it in two parts? I said, okay, cool. That's how you want to that do it. That was their idea. I'm down. Yeah, it wasn't, it's not like it was a... Yeah, that was... it was. Are they related? I mean, you made them as one unit. I made it as one unit. I, I separate... I, I changed a couple things, but it's not like I made... It's not like a concept record where it's, there's a story, like, start to finish, you know? I, I can I can move things around and stuff, and I'm down mm-hmm. to... If someone has an idea and they're, they're that into you know putting a record out and like wanting to make some effort and like have cool ideas i'm totally down to like to do that okay well i want to ask two things then uh and i don't want to forget to ask about the distinction between the two it sounds like you're saying there isn't much it was it was a batch of material and they split it up but i actually hear things between the two if i might uh and i'll ask about that in a moment but over overall what are you conveying would you say on these songs we've talked about the observational loneliness i guess like the weird thing of being among people and watching people but feeling alienated is odd to me like you're kind of like not part of what you're seeing even though you're you are you're a person yeah what's I going guess, on there just feeling a little left out at times i don't know i'm not definitely not trying to weep to anyone is it, but are they relationship love songs or are they just general my lot in life i can't figure it out I That's, don't know yet. It's still so fresh. I don't okay. know. I haven't really, like, it's It's hard to, I make so much music that it's hard to, to to understand what it is until years later sometimes. Okay. I know what I was going through at the time. I was definitely going through some, some intense relationship stuff. Right. And it was the first time I had moved away from Toronto. I was producing a band called Terror in New Jersey and I ended up in a sublet in Brooklyn and I didn't and I thought it was going to be a couple weeks and I just didn't end up leaving Mm. and I just made everything in that space and I I kind of avoided a lot of people I didn't know a lot of people at that summer and um, yeah that's got to be weird to be in one of the most populous cities in the world and not really leave a sublet apartment just on your own doing stuff I did leave but it wasn't I wasn't you know I didn't have a you know a bunch of I didn't have a huge social circle and I kept it that way and Mm -hmm. I wanted to and a lot of the times I I actually didn't leave for a couple weeks because it was so hot and it was the first time I'd experienced a a New York summer like that which is just like a different type of heat so last summer was this 
it was last, the last, last summer. summer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hmm. But okay. Yeah, I mean, even just like you know, being in a new place and and walking around and taking it all in, or even just riding the subway. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like it's a really beautiful thing, and it can be just be so inspiring just to like just to get out of your your neighborhood or your yeah your apartment that you've lived in forever. It's like yeah, I, I can't believe I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I'm trying to get it. So that's kind of a time and place thing. But in terms of the content, you're still processing it, basically. In terms of like what you were conveying. I, I think you've pretty much nailed it. But in, in order for me to be able to articulate it properly, I, I'm going to need to think about it more. And I definitely need to process it more. Okay. But I, I think it's like it is. It they are They are at the core very simple little love songs that hopefully people can relate to. Yeah, simple little love songs. Yeah, we tend to relate to love songs. Is there any? I asked earlier if like the post-hardcore punk people ever give you grief about Young Gov, and you're like, no, no one cares about that anymore. But what about this notion of writing albums of love songs in this day and age with everything that's going on in the world? I don't know. I think love is something that is just getting lost. Yeah, lost. Maybe we don't talk about it enough. No. Love songs have been... We don't feel it enough. Maybe we don't, like, maybe we don't think about it enough. We're thinking about so much shit. Do you... you There's be- so much shit that we're, like, talking about and, like, over-talking about or, like... I mean, it's cool have these discussions and stuff, but at the end of the day, it's like, what do we have? You Because you follow some popular trends in pop music, um, do you have a kind of overarching sense of what what's kind of popping in pop music right now um, I have no idea because you it was for a while that hip hop was very dominant now we're I feel like there's all these mutated pop forms that I can't quite I think like like top 40 hip hop's like definitely the new pop like that's yeah that we, sure. I mean if we're going to talk about it like that I mean in the studio they just started to play the brand new Ed Sheeran and I made them turn it off right so it's like that kind of shit right 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 that seems to be the thing that's not my stuff that's yeah. not your that's no, not your no, thing no, 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 you no. make a kind of just so we're clear here uh, for those who haven't heard these these new songs like you, the pop you make is quite damaged on some level it's damaged pop on some level isn't it sick I like that isn't it yeah. like it's a distorted kind of messed up version of very infectious music which I get I think again calls back to some of the sludgier there was this weird thing in the 90s in particular where people were monkeying with the pop like the Beatles pop formula and making it loud and Mm -hmm. corrosive and yours is maybe not corrosive but loud anyway definitely loud yours is like catchy like I said there's like a birdsy guitar and stuff like that Uh, yeah is there a 12 string guitar there's lots of 12 string on it yeah 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 so anyway but it's all sounds kind of messed up like it's a little unsettling on one hand as well even though yeah. it's cat- catchy and fun yeah i mean those songs could have been glossed up in the studio but we kept it very quick yeah. and very like i mean i made so many songs for this whole I, it, originally it was like a 20 song album so i had to be quick and it was all like you know one take mm. and all that stuff so and i and i i intentionally didn't I intentionally mixed it with people that would get that. Yeah. You know, and yeah. not be like, I mean, the glossiest song is probably mixed by Alex Gamble, who did the last, most of the last fucked up record. Oh, okay. Which isn't like super glossy record, but. It has glossier of, elements than maybe other aspects of the band's catalog. For sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> There's yeah. like more like electronic and synthesized kind of things that you associate with more of a cleaner kind of signal yeah, path he or killed whatever. it like I love yeah. Alex Alex is an amazing mixer and engineer okay and, but he only mixed one record or one song on, on, on this on these, these these records I see okay okay now the two records you say you said earlier are of a whole expression like you were going to make it as one thing are there different voices on the second one like there there, there does seem to me to to me anyway there seem to be two distinct personalities between the two records on some level like when i th- there's some different there's i i i kind of stacked the first one with a lot of the more kind of like louder like guitar rock stuff that you're talking about and then definitely the second one is more of the i wouldn't say it's weirder it's like, more acoustic actually more acoustic and there's definitely more like drum machines yeah. on the second one yeah. and there's a little bit more like 
like new wave stuff and a little bit more of the synth stuff that that I've done in the past. So I kind of um, I wanted to make the second one a little bit a little bit different. And do you relinquish some of the lead vocals a bit more on the second one? Like I feel like I hear other people singing lead parts more than I do. Yep, Aurora, who we actually talked we we talked yeah. about. She does a lot of the fe- all the female stuff is her, and yeah. I'm actually singing in falsetto a lot right. more. So okay. that's me. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So it's a whole really. We're getting Gov One. When Gov Two comes out, you're gonna be like, oh well, I mean, these th- things are clearly from the same kind of era but i Mm. i can't help but hear distinctions i just think that's interesting in itself it's interesting to me that you say "Ah, i could have just been one thing Mm -hmm. i mean it really seems like two different things to me that's cool is that okay yeah is that all right that i think that that's cool is that probably your label would like that too because they really wanted to do yeah they wanted to separate (laughs) that so we can sell some numbers man (laughs) okay so what's sort of next for you uh, after these come out, I'm just curious that you say you make lots of different music. I just saw Fucked Up Play um, as we're speaking uh, at the Hillside Festival. By the way, was that was that an okay set for you guys? I, I, <laughs> I don't know what was going on. I left for a bit, and then I came back, and Mike wasn't on stage. Was everything cool? Yeah, that was, we, we actually, the other shoe, that was the first time in maybe over 10 years that we we totally fucked it up. Like, it oh, was song. Like, yeah, we were, Sandy... I don't know if you were there when that I'm, guy lit the big joint yeah. on the side of the stage and passed it to Sandy oh, and I and Damien. So we got really high on our side. I did side. see that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Sandy and the guy got super high on our side. And then Mike and Josh were just a completely in another part of the song. And we were in another part of the song. So it took us it took us two minutes of playing oh. crazy noise and just jumbled <laughs> stuff to finally figure out where we were. Um, and then I think Mike just dipped for the uh, the encore. Yeah, something happened, and I came back. Like I just went to get. I forget what I was doing. I had to. I was working, kind of doing stuff at the festival. So I was going to look at something. Came back, and then yeah, I was like, "What the hell? I've never seen fucked up without Mike on stage." So that was even if it was a song. At the, and yeah. then Damien. Sometimes and, we dip for encores because encores are. I think mean, the crowd was chanting for an encore, but encores, you know, traditionally are these corny ass things sure, that people sure, do. Sure. Um, whatever. So like we're. By that point, we're just like, eh, we can do an encore and maybe not take it so seriously. Yeah. And, like, whoever wants to go up for the encore can go. Yeah, I feel to... like I've seen shows where, where Josh doesn't go back or you don't go back mm-hmm. sometimes here and there. I've definitely skipped a few encores <laughs> in my life. <laughs> okay, so everything, and but you the, the touring is going well. You know, you made a point. I didn't, we didn't want, the label didn't want to do like a Dose Your Dreams type double album. Mm-hmm. What did you make of the scale of that album? I haven't talked to you about that. Of Dose, Dose Your Dreams? Dreams? Yeah. Because yours is split up into two for mm-hmm. palatability more than anything else, I guess. Yeah, it's like, I guess, I, also it's like, you know, Fucked Up is a, is a very established unit. Yes. I mean, and it's, and it's, and Fucked Up's known for these epic, yeah. monstrous albums that tell a story beginning to end and, you know, maybe people can't digest twenty young Gov songs. Yeah, in right. A row. I right. don't. I don't know. Um, but you were you were pleased with how I I, I can't tell how Dose Your Dreams was received. Like I'm, as we're sitting here, you know, received like by just the like public? people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Okay, but I, you were happy. Like you thought, yeah, we did it. We. we I mean that that rec that record we were most of us we were, we were that was the first record that we were a lot of a few of us weren't involved in barely involved in right so a lot of it was a surprise to me uh, i mean i sang a bunch on it i guess but it was the first time mike and i guess jonah as well obviously had kind of really just made something themselves yeah so with a lot of drum machines and synthesized things yeah which is cool they had to do what they had to do to make a you know a next fucked up record i'm sure it's you know it's a pretty crazy thing to get involved in i've done it a lot Hmm. so when i heard it it was the first it was really the first time oh interesting yeah okay um i I mean i'd heard things that i played (laughs) on or, or sang on but um how it was received i have no idea Fucked up is like it's just like I feel like it just it just keeps rolling in a in a in this in in a way you know what I mean? Yep. There's it's not like oh our shows the 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 people at the shows are are less or like more or whatever. It's like this very solid mm. f- 
family vibe, I guess you would say. Just yeah. like of, of weirdos who just keep coming out. And I don't know. I, cool. I wonder if the experience of making this record in the way it was made, like you say, with people kind of coming and going, like regular band members coming and going, lots of special guests too. Mm. I wonder if this will lead to um, maybe something more in the vein of what you started out as a or I mean I know you're late to the band as well but mm -hmm. like m maybe this will be like why don't we strip it down so to speak and get back to being I just wonder I haven't talked to Mike about this I just wonder if after all this ambition every record is bigger mm -hmm. than the next at some point you hear of artists saying you know what let's just come back to where we were and see what that's like because we've tried a whole bunch maybe. of other shit I don't know. I feel that this was uh, this was the first. I I could be wrong, but this was the f maybe the first time Mike had kind of really experimented in the studio the way he wanted to, right. and kind of you know you used the you know the engineer as an as an instrument in himself almost, you know, looping a lot of stuff and kind of making an album the way an electronic album would be made. You know what mm -hmm, I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I I almost feel like he's just getting going in that way, in that studio way. Um, so I'm not really sure we'll ever be back in the rehearsal space cranking out. Oh, I see. Twenty songs the way we used to. I see. Hmm. But who knows? Maybe uh, maybe he'll find a way to incorporate us. Maybe not. Does no warning work in a different way? I mean, do you guys jam out stuff? Or uh, no warnings. Uh, I mean, everyone works in a different way than fucked up. Well, sure. yes, of course. Hence, um, hence the band name, almost. I would think, but yeah. I mean, do you jam? I get the impression with Young Gov that they're your songs. You, I don't know how actually how how does it work with the people you mentioned. The Young homies. Gov, I usually just record them all at home, and then I replace what I what really sounds like shit in a proper studio. And I usually keep everything that I record at home except the drums. And if sometimes I'll go into a studio and 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 spend ten days replacing all this stuff that I did at home, right. and then only to find that it all sounds too good, and then I'll trash the studio stuff, and I'll just go back to my really shit tracks that I made at my uh, at my house. Why are you and conscious of things sounding too good? You know when it just sounds too clean, or it's like sounds like slick, like indie eighty eight, or right, whatever, right, right, just, right. Like, just like some <laughs> just some whack shit. Yeah, and you want it to have a character, and like you know, I, I guess a lot of some people call it demoitis. Oh yeah, where yeah. you are really attached to your demos. You're like, oh, we make need to make it sound like the demo. We need to make it sound like the demo. <laughs> like I've 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 worked with. I'm actually mixing in there, and we're <laughs> listening to the demos and trying to achieve that. And you know, and so I actually went on this record a lot, and was just like, instead of just trying to achieve the demos, I'm just going to use the demos and replace the drums. It's weird. Whatever. I think the demo thing speaks a lot to even like podcast culture or whatever the hell we're going through right now, where people really want the unmediated version of of something they, they're mm -hmm. just they know that the radio they've heard you mentioned a schlock rock I, I mean a station that i think is just garbage right right and <laughs> and they just hyper mediate everything and everything's got to be very precise and i think the reason that things uh like i'll say podcast or whatever else like people want to feel like they're having an intimate relationship with something that's happening in the moment mm -hmm. and as a musician i've been the same i'm like man the demo when we were instinctually doing something and didn't even know what it was, mm. that feels more sincere and real to me than when we tried to make it better in the yeah, studio. Man. So maybe it's demoitis, but I think it's just like, I don't know. I think you, we have a thing where we don't trust ourselves. Yes, until, that too. And then, so we don't trust the initial idea. And then we, when we try to refine it, we're like, you know what? The initial idea was fine. Like yes. the way we started was fine. I don't know why we spent all this time and money. You have to take a plane around the world only to <laughs> discover the demo is fine. Exactly. <laughs> right. 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 I don't know how we went off on this tangent, but you're Me saying Damn. you're saying. Uh, uh, oh, you were talking about Young Gov. So basically, how you, I record it. You write everything, and you get people to play on it, but it's still got to sound close to your original. Yeah, I'll band. usually just replace like maybe the drum and the drums and the bass or m maybe just the drums. Right. And, I, and for this record in particular, I, and uh, just left it all kind of greasy. Okay. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I apologize if I'm a little all over the place. It's hot in this car. Yeah, it's, it's getting hot. a little late. I'm getting sweaty. It's so I, night. I, it's nice. It's, it's very nice uh, to be here in, in my car with you. Thank you. Uh, craning my neck at you in kind of an awkward crook. I'm going to mm-hmm. have a sore. I can already tell. No, I, I think I said at some point, what's next? And then we went down this whole other rabbit hole. So you make these two records. What's next for you? Uh, whether it's fucked up, no warning, young gov, what's going on? Do you have a plan? It's just a little bit of everything, I guess. But the 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 thing I'm looking forward to the most is um, like I've I've had the Young Gov project for 15 years, and I've been releasing all these records, and but I've I'd never toured, and I've never played. I played a few shows here and there, like in Toronto locally, but Guelph. You did a Guelph show once. I think it was for, with Young Gov. I think that was Yacht Club. Oh, it was Yacht Club. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that band. That I don't. What happened to Yacht Club? Um, we just stopped. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Those were your songs, weren't they? Got bored. Yeah, it yeah. was. There was a kind of like a synthy project that I was doing with Matt, who I'm still making music with, and who I've been making music with since we were really, really young. Right. Um, but okay. I'm just really. I just got off the first U.S. tour for a Young Gov that ended, you know, four or five days ago. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so I'm just looking forward to doing more. That was the first time. I don't know. I felt very comfortable. No warning is no warning is no warning. It's a very it's a crazy show. Everyone's killing each other. Yeah, it's not necessarily the energy that I always want to feel. Mm-hmm. So like that's why we, we only play a little you know randomly. Mm-hmm. But being on stage with Young Gov and finally be able to play these songs after kind of trying to de- figure it out in my mind for so long, it was a really really. I mean, it was a summer of a lifetime for me. Oh, and nice. I'm like I'm I'm like an older person now. And it was the first time where I went on a tour and I was like, man, I love this. So who's I don't in the... know if it's too late. No, no, But it was fine. cool that I felt that. Who's in the band? Um, Ryan and Matt from No Warning. Um, I have Tony Price, who co-produced the whole record with me. Okay. And I do a lot of stuff with him. This person named Ben Wessels is on drums, who sings for um, a band called Witch Trial. Okay. Which are, who are very... Uh, heavy like heavy metal like slayer type stuff uh and um who am i forgetting oh that's it yeah. is that five people including you no yeah five five that's of a, us that's a big band yeah it's a big band <laughs> and we all wore suits and we all just like we, we we're on kind of like a uh, like a hardcore like punk tour with but you know it, and we all were like okay let's wear let's wear suits for an entire month and just like do something a little different here and, and feel like freaks okay it was great. That sounds good. You was sound it? happy. You sound fulfilled. Yeah, it was it was fulfilling. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It was so, vibes. So your answer is the focus for you is trying to figure out touring. Yeah, a little bit more tours with that band, and obviously fucked up are still you know on Dose Your Dreams shows. So we'll yeah. be doing a bunch of stuff. That's coming up with that still happening. Okay. I feel that no warning stuff is winding down a little bit. Like we've milked that vehicle. Oh as, yeah. As much as we can, I guess. Really. Like, I don't know. Like I still enjoy it, but it's like I get bored. So I'm I'm stoked to be doing. I'm I'm blessed to have another thing that is cool. When was the last No Warning record? I don't know. Two years, three years ago. Yeah, not that long ago. Yeah. But you're feeling like I'm. I don't know. Just ready to continue the the flow of hmm. the flow. <laughs> The you, flow is real. You have two young of uh, technically you have two young of albums uh, done. Do you have more recordings ready for mm-hmm. something? No. Okay, that's you got that out of your system and now you're touring that. Yeah, I'll probably chill at some point and, and make a bunch more. Okay, so the first one comes out when? Uh, officially August second, and then the second one is sometime in October. I forget. I think it's November. Oh, cool. <laughs> Damn, not long. <laughs> is and and so th- that's it. That we're gonna we'll, uh, people will hear the first one. The second one, as we said, is complimentary, if not a part of the thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Is there? Oh, where can people go to learn more about Young Gov? You. I guess my Instagram's the only really place that's that's uh, Young Gov at Young Gov. Don't you get a Twitter? Yeah, but I hate Twitter. I'm really not good at it. Okay, so you're on the. I only just retweet stuff and delete it. I tweet randomly and delete the tweets. Yeah, I, I'm I'm of the same mind. I'm, I'm a losing, tweet deleter. I'm losing my my Twitter. I don't know if I ever had it. I don't know how people. I see people who's so good at Twitter. I'm I'm I have no confidence on Twitter. Hmm. But Instagram, you're fine. 
Instagram is just a complete joke, so I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. So what is it, Young Gov? Young Gov. Young Gov. Young Gov on Twitter. And you got like a website for your music and stuff? Yeah, but who the hell goes to websites? People go to Younggov.com. Okay. Yeah. And you got like a band camp and all that stuff? Yep, there's a band camp somewhere. Well, don't you want people to like hear and buy your music? Yeah, but I figured that they would just search They'd it on it their out, Spotify's yeah. or whatever it's That's called. That's probably what they'll do, yeah. That's cool. true. Okay. It's available uh, there. <laughs> if we could go out on a song by Young Gov, if you were to pick one from Gov1, what mm-hmm. would you pick? Um, why don't we do Patterns Prevail because we were talking about that. It's the first song on the album. It's the first song on the album. By the way, what is the, is it a, a little bit of a movie dialogue sample? What is yeah, that thing? Yeah, it's John Lovitz from Happiness. I don't know why I left that in, but that starts the record. Okay, and what's yeah. he saying? He's like, checked out of society. It seems very, to set the tone <laughs> for you and the record. I think it says something like, I've just checked out of, I don't take reservations. I don't, I don't, make do, re- I don't, I don't do, reser- do reservation thing. I just checked out of society. I don't do reservation right. things anymore. Right, is that, do you relate to that? Uh no, I make reservations. <laughs> <laughs> I like food. Do you have any reservations about our conversation? No, it's been great. It seems like thanks it for coming directly to my doorstep <laughs> I did. and doing it on it's the my street. Mobile unit. Okay, this is uh, "Patterns Prevail" by Young Gov from the album uh, Gov One. Ben, thank you for uh, your time and being on the show. And uh, like I said, best of luck with everything going forward. Thank you so much. Have a reservation. I just dropped out of society. I kind of live moment to moment. I really don't do reservation things anymore. Trust me, you know Special thanks again to Ben Cook for being on this, the 491st episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on YouTube, Spotify, Audio Boom, these sorts of things as well. If you can't find an episode you're looking for or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, Follow us on Twitter at Vish Creative or follow me directly at Vish Khanna. You can also listen to a radio show version of Creative Control 
on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. Thanks again to all of you who do this. And if you're not doing it, please consider going to patreon.com slash creative control and doing that if you can. Thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to Jim Guthrie for letting me use an instrumental version of his song, The Rest is Yet to Come, to end this show each week. Go to jimguthrie.org to learn more about Jim. And thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast and subscribing to it and telling your friends about it. It all helps. And I will talk to you very, very soon. Goodbye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.